Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Touchstone and Grant Johnson with three strikeouts to end the first inning. 2-2 from J.P. Gagne. Swing and a miss! And that's the ball game. The Florida State win streak comes to an end at 25. Called strike three on the inside corner to Tony Ritchie. All he could do was stand there and look at it as it went right by him. Chris Neisel strikes out the last two batters of the first inning. J.P. Gagne into the windup. Futural, swing and a miss! Omaha, here come the Irish! Well, we continue to uh, look back at the 20th anniversary of Notre Dame's 2002 College World Series team, and we are joined right now by the head coach of the Virginia baseball team, Brian O'Connor. You should recognize the name because, of course, before leading Virginia to five different College World Series and a 2015 National Championship, he was, of course, Palmineri's pitching coach and a right-hand man from 1995 through 2003 at Notre Dame, and that, of course, included that College World Series team. Brian, how are we doing today? Glad to talk to you. Oh, great, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I, I was really, really excited when you reached out to me about doing this. Unfortunately, I was not able to get back to South Bend for the reunion um, a week or so ago, but it's, it's an honor to be on, and I just love talking about this uh, 2002 College World Series team in Notre Dame and just have so many fond memories of my time in South Bend. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know that 20 years down the road now, and I mean, again, like I just said, you've been to five of your own there at Virginia, but when you think of that 2002 team here at, at, at Notre Dame, what, what are maybe some of the first things that come to mind for you, Brian? Well, I, I'd say, first of all, like, I mean, not many people, I think, really believe that Notre, Notre Dame could get to Omaha, you know, even though it had happened, Sean, as you know, back in like 1957 or right. something like that. It's just, you know, at that time, 20 years ago, the landscape of college baseball is, you know, so, so much dominated by everybody in the South and the teams that would get to Omaha. And, you know, I was just, uh, just so proud because, um, you know, first of all, our leader, Paul Maneri, was just an unbelievable coach and manager of people, as you know. And, and you know, we really thought that 2001, you know, was like the best team that we could ever put on the field. Right. right? right. We, we were we were a veteran pitching staff. We were loaded and, and couldn't get there that year and just thought, geez, what do you got to do to make it happen? And, you know, lo and behold, the next year we had a, a group of young men, Sean, as you recall, that. Uh, they were just tough. They were, you know, they they would find a way to win the game, and it was coupled with a really, really young pitching staff. I mean, I think three out of the top four starters we had, maybe even four out of our top five were were true freshmen, you know, freshmen through the majority of the innings for us. Obviously, we had that really good guy at the end of the game, J.P. Gagne. Right. But, um, you know, just just a tough, gritty find a way to – 
to get better as a team and find a way to do it at the end of the year. And just, uh, just, you know, forever grateful for that, that, that group of guys and, and what they accomplished. Well, and as the pitching coach, I mean, you touched on a little bit of it there. You lose Aaron Heilman to the first round of the draft. Second year in a row, he went in the first round. He actually came back for his senior year, as obviously you know. But then, it, so you lose him. Danny Tamayo is your number two guy. He's a guy who got as far as AAA after he was drafted. So, I mean, that's as good a one-two punch as you can have. And then you get all this. It's a heralded group of freshmen, Grant Johnson, Axford, Chris Niesel, Martin Vergara. But they're freshmen, so... As the pitching coach, what were your realistic expectations for those guys going into that season? Well, certainly, Sean, as you know, they were they were a pretty acclaimed group coming in. They mm-hmm. were, you know, Chris Niesel was the Player of the Year in the state of Florida coming to us, you know, and and uh, you know Grant Johnson was really talented. Axford out of Canada, it was actually a, a group of seven pitchers. I, I mean, I remember like it's yesterday meeting with that group of seven. And that was half of our pitching staff was true freshmen <laughs> meeting with them in the dugout and saying, all right, boys, you know, this is the way it's going to go. And, you know, you, you all have good enough arms. You have good enough stuff. It's just how quickly can you mature and adapt to this level of baseball? And we knew we had some, some guys that were really skilled. It's just, you know, do they know how to manage a game? Can they handle the pressure and things like that? And, you know, the, the early part of the season, as you know, as it goes for Notre Dame, Sean, you get a chance to go down south and play three or four games on weekends. And, you know, out of the gate, we had a tough weekend. We lost two out of three down in New Orleans. And then, you know, just kind of went back and forth and just really took that early part of the season, the first four weekends, to get those young pitchers some experience, right, and start to build them up. We knew what we had position player-wise, and when you had – Andy Bushy and Steve Stanley and, you know, uh, Brian Stavisky and Paul O'Toole and Solman and, you know, Bill Meyer and yeah. Sanchez and Joe Thayman and all those guys that, you know, they had experience. They were good and they were the, the core of the team. But we knew that these young kids on the mound would have to come along. And, boy, as the season went on and on, they just got better and better. And, you know, by, by the middle of the year, Sean, as you recall, I mean, they weren't pitching like rookies anymore. No. They were – they were proven that they could do it every weekend. And, you know, when you had a good offense like we had, that helped and played really good defense behind it. But, boy, they got better and better in what Grant Johnson did. And, you know, um, obviously Gagne was a huge weapon at the end. Even though he started some games, he was a huge weapon for us at the end of the ballgame. Yeah, it, you know, Niesel, you mentioned him. I mean, he's, his career started off really strong. He, he had, he, like he said, a freshman record, 10 strikeouts in his first start, and he's – He's rolling right along, and then all of a sudden, he's out with mono for a month. It's like early April, he's out for mono for a month, and then so he gets back a couple weeks before the postseason. Were you guys, I mean, it seemed like you were kind of still really even feeling your way, you know, kind of around with him after he came back, trying to, to you know, build up his strength and endurance. Is that kind of how it was? That's right. Yeah, it was. And some guys had stepped in and done a really nice job in his absence. Uh, but, you know, that's a tough thing to come back from because right. the endurance that it takes to, to pitch deep into the ball game. You know, once you hit that 50-pitch plateau and then, then beyond, that's a, tough, that's, that's a thing that's built up over, over time. And, you know, so we knew it would be slow going but knew that, hey, if this, if this team was going to have a shot to do what we wanted to try to do at the end of the year – it was going to take building him up to get him to the point that he was able to do what he did at Florida State in the Super Regional, you know. Um, 
So and him at his best was a real, real weapon for us. And, and it just took some time to get him back. We held it together. It gave some other guys some really great experience, which then created depth for us. I always say even today, John, that some, you know, sometimes we can look at injuries and say, oh, no, poor us. What are we going to do? But what it does is at certain points in the year, it creates depth. It forces other guys to step up and do the job right. as long as you can hold, hold it together. And then when those guys come back, it's like you have reinforcements and they're back and they're, they might be the best player, but now you've created some depth and some options that is going to hopefully serve you well down the stretch run. I talked to Paul O'Toole recently, and he was telling me about that decision for him to call pitches. That that sort of morphed once the season started. What 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 do you recollect of kind of how that decision was made? And you know that's that's pretty rare, really, in college baseball for you know for the coach not to be calling things from the dugout. What what was that whole process like? Well, it, it starts with Paul O'Toole. Right. I mean, he, he was a veteran guy under city, highly competitive, right. You know, player and, and, uh, but he knew, but, but yeah, but he knew <laughs> the game, Sean, and, and, and he knew, he knew how to handle a pitcher. And, you know, I like that if you have a veteran guy and you can trust him and, and, um, you know, what it allows to do is allows the pitcher to get into a rhythm and like that. And, and Paul had proven to us that he was capable of doing it. And, you know, a lot of times a young catcher's not, you know, but certainly he had some good experience, and we trusted that he was the right guy to be able to do that. And, and um, you know, when that happened, Sean, the ownership that they take, right, as, as the players, knowing that there is no p- point in the finger, right? That yeah. pitcher knows the ball comes out of his hand. Ultimately, it's his decision, and that catcher knows behind the plate that he, he's guiding that guy on what to do. And so the personal ownership on the players – when that when you're actually able to do that is is pretty special, but you're not able to do it all the time because that guy behind the plate might not be have the experience to be able to handle it. Talk with Brian O'Connor, head coach at the University of Virginia in his 19th season at Virginia. He was the pitching coach for Notre Dame in the 2002 College World Series season. And the other decision you you touched on a little bit ago, J.P. Gagne ends up being the closer. He he threw like a one or two hit shutout against BYU in the home opener, and then not long after that, he becomes the closer as well. What, what, what about J.P. do you think made him so effective in that role when you, when you moved him to the bullpen? Well, you know, he, he certainly had experience starting. He, he, um, he, you know, he pitched a lot of innings for us, just really, really competitive, understood what it takes to win in, in, in either role. Uh, but, you know, just – knowing that if you're truly going to be successful, you've got to have somebody at the end of the game that knows how to get those final three outs. They're the hardest outs to get in baseball. And, you know, JP threw strikes. He had a lot of poise. He's been in big situations. And he had an incredible changeup. Still mm-hmm. to this day, the best changeup I've ever coached. And, uh, you know, he had an ability to throw it for a strike and then throw it on top of the plate got a lot of swings and misses at it and that's tough when you're behind the plate if you've got a I want to say a trick pitch but you know sometimes you'd rather hit a guy that has a really great fastball than somebody that has a really great off-speed pitch yeah uh, when you're behind so he just he, he was a veteran and we were we were able to have those rookies start in those roles and um, you know and you know Ryan Kalita spot started 
you know, at times. And, you know, Pete Ogilvie, you know, started as well. And so there were some, some other veterans in there, but JP was the guy at the end of the game. I think it made a huge difference for us. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget those final outs at Florida State, the Super Regional no with him on the mound. And, you know, when we got to that point and he's in the game, I, I just – I had this unbelievable confidence in, inside myself that that was going to happen because that guy was not going to let that be denied. And I just, you know, Florida State trying to hit that change up from <laughs> when, when, when they're behind just wasn't going to happen and JP wasn't going to let it happen. Well, and I would think that it had to be even more effective because w- with the fastball that Niesel had, and he was throwing a lot of fastballs that day for JP to come in with that changeup that had to really help it even more, I would think. And he just wiped him out for that night. Sure. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, it was just like clockwork. It was, you know, a fastball for a strike, change up for a strike, change up on top of the plate, swing and miss, you know, and, yeah. and uh, it was, it, and you're exactly right. Niesel was very fastball heavy dominant. We were throwing a lot of fastballs in a lot of fastballs vertical. And then, you know, JP comes in and it's just a total opposite and you've got to adjust. And he's a tough guy to adjust to. And, um, you know, I just, that that day is etched in my memory of uh, that that accomplishment and just being able to share that with those guys and take that team to Omaha was something that was very very special. Absolutely, and your guys had the eighth best earned run average in the nation that season, but you didn't have one pitcher named All Conference, let alone All American. But you've got the eighth best ERA in the country. I've always thought. Once you get to Omaha, your side of the bracket was Stanford, Texas, Rice. You're facing all these major league, you know, the Guthrie and Umber and all these guys who, who got drafted. I always felt like if you were on the other side of the bracket where there was all, you know, these teams were scoring all these runs, I felt like you had a chance to at least play for a, a national championship if you were in that pool. What, what, what do you think? I think so too. You know, um, certainly our our side was just so talented from a pitching standpoint. I know. They, you know, they all they all you know we played three ball games, Sean, as you know, and they were all one or two run games. Yeah. They were all five five or less runs to win the game, and and so uh, uh, yeah, you know, it, certainly it's it, it, having taken a number of teams to Omaha now. I know that there, there's a real advantage of having been there previously numerous times and things like that, right? And uh, but I just felt like our pitching staff was if you know if we were were in the, maybe in the other bracket maybe we could have uh, had a, maybe a little bit better chance because of our offensive club you know maybe not qu- quite facing the pitching that we faced in our bracket. That that's still you know again to have the eighth best ERA in the country and no all conference pitchers. What I mean what does that as a as a pitching guy what's that say to you? <laughs> Ah, you know, I, I love it because it's about it's about it's about a team, you know. I right. Mean, you know, had had Niesel not gotten mono, maybe he would have been. You know, you know, Grant Johnson had nine or ten wins or so. True. You know, it's hard for me. It's, it's hard for me to believe JP Gagne. You know, I think he had the close to ten wins and also had a number of saves. You yeah. know, there's a guy that probably had a really good argument, but you know what? It just speaks to that there wasn't one guy that you know wire to wire that just dominated the whole year um you know it was a collection it was a staff it took everybody for us you know what Niesel goes down Garnier pitches in a couple of different roles it took everybody to do their role and do their job and and that's that's what I'm proud of is it was a pitching staff it wasn't a couple of guys at the front end that dominated all the time and 
you know, that's uh, pretty impressive. Brian, I'll, I'll I'll let you go. I, I, one more question for you. So you, you obviously you go to the College World Series in a, as an assistant with Paul Maneri in 2002, you know, with Notre Dame. And then seven years later, you guys are both gone. You're the head coach at Virginia. Paul Maneri is the head coach at LSU. The, your next trip to Omaha, you're facing Paul Maneri in the first round at the College World Series. For our list, I know you've talked about this before, but for our listeners here in town, what what was that experience like for you? Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. Because <laughs> I just I just hated play, I hated playing my best friend. And you know, he did guy, too. <laughs> the guy, the guys, guy he was my mentor in the game. You know, like I sat across the office next to him for nine years and learned how to the blueprint to have a championship high caliber program. And then to, you know, unfortunately one of us to lose a ball game in Omaha and unfortunately it was us, but right. you know, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it didn't want to have to do it. And him and I made an agreement when, you know, when I left to came to Virginia that we would never play in the, unless the NCAA made us play. And that happened in Omaha. And, and, um, you know, the, the mentor got me, you know, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, I just, that said, just so proud, right. To, to be standing on the field in the other dugout across from a guy that has meant so much to me, still talk to him all the time still my mentor, call him on my biggest decisions that I have to make as, as a leader and want to get his input. And so just, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't like it when we knew we had to play each other, but you play the game. We, we actually agreed that we wouldn't look at each other during the game. We just, we would just manage the game and just not try to have to look across to the other dugout. And, uh, you know, but that said, it's a great memory and glad we had a chance to do it. And the consolation prize, of course, for you, he goes on to win the national championship that season, and then six years later, you get the, the ACC's first national championship in a million yeah. years. So it, it worked out in the long run for everybody, fortunately. It did. It, <laughs> it absolutely did. And, like, we lost to them, and I was rooting like heck for them, and I'm just so glad they won that championship. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it all works out. Yep. Brian O'Connor, head coach at the University of Virginia, former Notre Dame pitching coach on that 2002 College World Series team. Brian Appreciate your time. Good luck to your son in, in uh, the state playoffs out there in Virginia, and uh, hopefully won't take quite as long to talk to you again. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and, and uh, just thanks for thanks for doing this. Great fond memories of my time in South Bend and that and that team. Absolutely, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, Brian O'Connor, head coach at the University of Virginia, and again from Notre Dame's 2002. College World Series team. We'll take a timeout and we come back. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up. We've got a football recruiting update about 15 minutes away with Ryan Roberts. That's coming up on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 